Welcome to Next Economy Now. The goal of this podcast series is to highlight the leaders who are taking a regenerative, bioregional, equitable, democratic, racially just, and whole systems approach to creating the new economy. So welcome, Sean. Thanks, Ryan. Great so, to be here. Yeah, thanks. So tell me, you know, as a newer Lyft partner, um, you guys have been doing something sort of a, you know, a, a new sort of evolutionary based billing approach. Uh, you know, so maybe start out with, you know, how, how did this come about? And, you know, what was the story behind a different way to bill than, say, just the hourly rate that that, that majority of, of consultants bill? Great. Yeah, I'm happy to share about that. So the first, uh, there's two, two basic concepts here. The first being uh, pricing our services on the value we create rather than the amount of time we work. So, so value-based rather than hourly-based. Uh, and the idea is that if, if I'm actually uh, doing some work for you, say there's a deliverable uh, and I'm going to produce that for you, uh, do you really get more value if it takes me 20 hours versus if it takes me five hours? Um, and the answer is no, you still have the same result. Uh, and so, uh, again, pricing our, our services at, on that value that, that it actually creates for, for the client rather than how long it takes us to do that. So that's, that's one shift. And then the other is uh, actually a, a little bit more profound. That, that, that's somewhat common you know, for consulting. Uh, uh, and there's there's a general trend that way away from hourly, uh, and part of that is the incentive. If it's hourly, I'm actually incentivized to work longer on the same project, right? Um, rather than to cut to the chase, get it done, produce value for you, and then I can be helping other clients or creating value elsewhere, right? Instead of uh, milking the, the the contract, so to speak. Uh, but that, that that's that's more common. The 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 other piece that we're doing that's maybe a little more unique is instead of that uh, instead of that value um, being set by us and then we bill that and then that's the price. What we're doing is we're we're setting what we we say is a market rate for that service. But the 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 new element here is that when we invoice the client. Uh, there's actually a line item there that's blank for them to adjust that total to match the value they've actually received. So it gives them some freedom, uh, and actually, it's a for us, it's an important form of communication uh, for us to realize if we've actually created value, if we've actually helped that client, um, or if if there is maybe something missing or something that could have gone better. Uh, so. Right. And so how did you come to this? You know, like, uh, was anyone else doing this? Um, you know, did you kind of get the idea from, from other places? Did you kind of develop this over time? Because it's, it's, it's a lot different, you know, allowing the customer to adjust the invoice up or down. It's, it's scary, I think, to a lot of consultants. So yeah, how did you come to the idea? Yeah, thanks. Uh, and it, yeah, it does. It does. It is a little, little scary. It kind of tests your nerves. Um, but uh, met a, a, a author and speaker named uh, Charles Eisenstein in 2011, 
uh, met him in San Francisco, and we were he was talking about these these type of concepts and you know basically changing changing some of the fundamental ways that the economy works. Uh, and he shared this uh, as an example of uh, I believe it was a law firm that he knew that was uh, billing this way. And uh, we we caught on to two two aspects of it um, that that are you know really really work well for us. Um, but the 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 overall uh, frame for this is uh, if if you think back, you know before kind of the industrial era, uh, the economy was much more about human relationships and uh, relationships to nature. And with industrialization, uh, those human relationships and those relationships to, to, to nature gradually have become transformed into products and services, right? So instead of, I know my you know, woods and land and I know when to go harvest the acorns and this type of thing as a gift from nature, right? Uh, instead, I'm, I'm going to the supermarket and I'm purchasing uh, the produce that uh, and food for, for myself to eat, right? So instead of it, it being this kind of reverential reciprocity uh, with my my ecosystem, now it's this kind of clean, sterile uh, transaction where, hey, I paid you the hundred bucks, and you know you don't know me, I don't know you. It's it, we're even kind of thing, uh, rather than this deep interconnection. That, that you'd have with the landscape or the ecology, especially if you're cultivating it and growing your own food and this type of thing. Um, and then likewise for personal relationships uh, uh, being transformed into services. Uh, you know, if, if we lived in a community and I'm a, a healer or a doctor and somebody's sick, well, I just take care of them because they're, 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 there they are and that's what I do. Uh, I'm not looking for the insurance or writing up a bill of this is how much it costs. This is, this is just, this is just how I interact in my social network. Uh, and of course, now it's a much different system. Uh, you have to pay insurance and all these things and some things aren't covered and it doesn't really matter if you need it or not. It matters, you know, uh, do you have the proper things in place? Uh, so very, very different system. So from that perspective, and the, you know, of course at Lyft Economy, we have a, a vision for an economy that works for all life. So. We want to be walking our talk as much as we can. So, uh, as we're helping these next economy organizations, uh, it's really important for us to, to be doing it in a way that represents our values. And so, we want to pick up uh, some of this this uh, trend um, and and focus more on relationships uh, than just the transaction or the sale. Uh, so, for for us, it, it, it's 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 powerful because. Um, a traditional management consulting firm, there would be a lot of pressure on sales. And sometimes the salespeople are even different than the, the consultants delivering the services. And so there'd be, there'd be this kind of quota demand to go out and sell a certain amount, uh, regardless if the clients really needed it or if they actually got the value, we would get them to sign a nice long legally binding contract for six months of services or whatever it was. Uh, and then we would deliver those, and then we could, uh, you know, enforce or demand payment uh, on that. Uh, so instead, what we're doing is we're only working with clients that we think what they're doing is actually really important. 
and making a meaningful contribution, uh, providing a good or service that contributes to a, a resilient economy. So to be in alignment with our mission and vision, we can't just extract resources from them and not be providing commensurate value. Uh, so it does, it does a number of things. It makes this, the sales process uh, much easier for us because we don't have that high pressure sell. Uh, and it's, so it's much more about alignment. We're actually taking all the risks, so we don't sign a contract. Uh, we, we find alignment and, and identify that there's uh, a scope of work we can do to help this company. And then we'll, we actually take the risk. We actually deliver our services in advance. Uh, and then the following month, we'll bill for what we've agreed is a fair market rate. But like I'm saying, they have this uh, ability to adjust that value to what their actual experience was. Right. And so, so this, is, this is actually different than pay what you feel, which I think can be a little bit confusing. So it's not like you're giving them a blank invoice and saying, pay us whatever you feel you received, you're actually billing them, say, a thousand bucks or two thousand bucks a month and saying, adjust this upwards or downwards based on the value you feel you received. Is that right? Yeah, absolutely. So it's, it's, not, it's not free. Uh, it's a gift in the sense that we're not, you know, re contracting, contractually requiring them to pay that extra amount. But the amount that we set is the amount that we need to meet our own needs and support our families and, and our, our right livelihood. Uh, so. So that's how the, the number is set. And so for me, with you know, at the rate of clients that I can hold uh, in a given month, charging the amount that I need to bring home and support my family. Uh, and so that's how the rate is established, but it doesn't mean that's the value they got. Um, so uh, this, this, this billing method really keeps the, the focus on our relationship uh, being mutually beneficial. So, for example, if, if we get back from the client that, that they keep adjusting the value down, well, then it opens up the opportunity for the conversation of, you know, maybe, maybe this doesn't work, we're not providing enough value for you, or how could we provide more value for you? Uh, and then on a given, you know, as the, the months proceed, if we're not trending towards finding that mark, uh, then we know maybe we're not in a good alignment here for this relationship. Or like I said, continuing to, to make changes till we do find something that, that works. Right. Uh, so if I was, you know, if I was just hearing this, I'd be thinking, I, I don't necessarily trust, or it's a little scary to think of my clients being able to adjust downwards. <laughs> yeah. And so in reality, you've been doing this four or five years, um, what a, how do one how do clients respond when you present this as the way you bill and two do you actually get stiffed by your clients and just have a bunch of non-paying clients sure well first of all uh number one the the clients really appreciate it because they recognize it as fundamentally relationship-based rather than transaction-based and so they appreciate being approached and, and dealt with in that manner uh so Again, like I'm saying, rather than kind of getting them on the hook, hey, I got you signed the contract, now you're paying me this money, uh, uh, it's, it's really more about let's, let's see how it goes and let's, let's see if this works. So, the, so it's, uh, it, takes, it takes the risk out of uh, the equation on their side. The only risk that would be on their side would be the risk of wasting their time, but we've never got that feedback. 
And, and so on the second part of the question of how, how has this actually played out, um, we, so probably 80 to 90 percent of the time, we just get paid what, what we invoice. Uh, you know, the, we set the market rate, it feels good, we do the work, feels good for the client, they, they pay us that number and, and we keep going month to month. Uh, and so, uh, and we see, so in the last five years, we've worked with over 100 companies and uh, a lot of those have been six months, 12 months, you know, two, three, four year engagements. Uh, so we can see the success because it's self-evident. We continue to work with them every month. They continue to pay us and they continue to realize value. Uh, so in that sense, it's, it's very clear uh, communication and feedback. Uh, we do get, uh, like I said, about maybe 10% of the time it's adjust, adjusted. Um, we do actually get bonus uh, that, that, that happens. Uh, in general, we, we set our, our, our rates, what we consider market rates uh, would be much lower than a traditional management consulting firm. And some of our clients actually realize and appreciate that and, and go ahead and bonus us because they realize we're actually creating much more value than, than we're charging. And then we also do have the experience of having the invoices adjusted down. And so far, uh, without exception, the, the reason for that uh, that we've heard is just because the, the clients are having a cash flow challenges uh, in terms of their capacity to pay. So uh, that at least uh, it gives them uh, you know, the ability to Get, get out from under that invoice if they if they can't actually afford it. And uh, for us, you know, then that's just good feedback that uh, maybe they're not actually a, a client that's qualified to be able to afford our services. Um, and so that is something that we have to look for is, uh, you know, how realistic is it going to be that they pay us? Um, the good news for us is that, uh, you know, we're just, um, we're delivering our services in advance. But we typically don't work, you know, tremendous amounts right up front with a client. So if we do work with a client for a month or two and we don't get paid or we get paid partial amounts, uh, it, it, they haven't been huge, you know, losses of our time and energy. Um, yeah, what, <clears throat> what's like a typical engagement? So, you know, do you meet every week for several hours or, you know, what, what would yeah. you do for monthly? Probably our kind of our, you know, one of our more standard engagements would be meeting with either the owner or the, the, the leadership team uh, twice a month. So every other week uh, we come together, have kind of a strategic meeting, identify some, some uh, strategic initiatives to undertake uh, in parallel with their uh, ongoing operations uh, and keep those moving forward. So that's kind of the main thing we see with the small businesses is, uh, you know, they're competing in the exploitation economy uh, with the, the price parity paradox, you know, trying to trying to offer a comparable price, but in reality, offering much higher quality service, much higher quality uh, raw materials and ethical sourcing and all these things, but still trying to offer that same price. Uh, so by and large, these companies are uh, really strapped just to just to run their operation and keep it running. And don't have the the bandwidth to step back and look at the whole picture strategically. So that's that's kind of our main intervention is to hold them in strategic space, uh, look at the whole system of their business, identify the top one, two, three strategic initiatives to fold in uh, in parallel with their operations. So twice a month, 
meeting for 90 minutes and an hour or two of action items and maybe documents or things to work on in parallel with that. So it's, you know, it's a pretty, pretty light uh, engagement, uh, you know, for us and for them. But what we've seen is over time, over six months, 12 months, one, two, three years of doing this type of work, we see tremendous growth and development. And really our, our purpose is to empower those organizations to, to do that as a way of doing business. So of course they take care of their ongoing operations, but they're always doing a little bit of strategic development uh, alongside of that. You know, <clears throat> one interesting thing that I think uh, when I first heard about you and Lyft and Kevin doing this, um, my perception was like, well, you're just, you're, you're making concessionary, you know, you're making concessions uh, in the amount of money you can make by doing this. But you know, what's interesting is that I used to bill, you know, I joined Lyft in October uh, last, you know, month and a half ago or two months ago. And the way I used to bill was by project. So it'd be, you know, six months, maybe 5,000, 10,000 bucks. Um, you know, you do a project and then at the end or, you know, you're kind of done with the client. You're like, okay, the project is over. And what I realized is that you guys are not necessarily, I mean, you're billing market rate. So it's not, it's not like, you know, you're not broke. Um, and so what I realized is that you actually are providing a service more in line with what the client needs, one. And two, you're actually, if you work with a client for say three years on a month to month basis, it is actually more profitable for you than a six month high, like high value contract that's just a one-off. Right. You know, so a thousand bucks, 2000 bucks a month for several years is, is I realized, wow, like, you know, it's actually more what the client needs and it's actually more profitable to have uh, a lower amount, but you know, longer term contract. So, it, it's it's interesting. It's it's sort of counterintuitive to, uh, you know, the the original assumption, which this is just oh, you're just simply making concessions. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, and and we can still do that kind of more intensive type of contract. Sometimes we do when we when there's a, a piece of work that's that's, that's going to take more resources, more time to, you know, for example, uh, program a detailed operating projection. Uh, spreadsheet that would, would uh, model future uh, financial scenarios over 12, 36 months with all the variables in there. That could take 20 or 30 hours of, of, kind of spreadsheet programming, kind of intensive, you know. Um, so that's an example of doing, you know, a, a kind of a bigger piece of work. So we might, you know, bill more for, for those months uh, or spread it out over, over a longer engagement. Yeah. But yeah, definitely does uh, leave it open. Um, and as you're saying, you know, we have we have some clients we've been working with for five years now. Um, and so, yeah, if we had sold them kind of a fixed uh, scope of work, fixed contract, uh, you know, maybe I would have been psyched for that first six months and made more for that six months, but it would have been less likely to, to renew. Uh, whereas this monthly renewable uh, and adjustable, it, it, we're calibrating to each other, right? So if we're billing, if, if the engagement was set a little too high and we're billing a little too much and they can't kind of keep up and make progress with that and, and, and realize that value, then we can easily just notch it down. Um, and likewise, we, we've started the other way where we'll just start with maybe one meeting a month, you know, kind of real light touch. And then over time, we'll kind of ramp up and add two meetings or, or we'll start adding meetings with other people in the company. Uh, so so uh, we're not taking too much time from anybody 
but we're making progress across the whole team. And then the, you know, our, our contracts, uh, you know, increase because we're doing more work for the company. Um, but it's proportional to, to the growth of the company. So, um, awesome. So I know we have only have a few more minutes, but maybe, you know, do you have any tips for companies or can other consultants or, you know, businesses who are interested in, you know, starting to do this? Is there a way that they can kind of ease into this sort of uh, client adjustable value based invoicing, um, you know, without, you know, uh, jumping headfirst into the pool? Hmm, interesting. I don't know what a, a kind of a halfway approach would be. Um, maybe just trying it, you know, with one client, you know, looking, you know, either a client you've had for a while and saying, hey, maybe we could switch to this approach or a new client that it feels good. Maybe you just try that with that client rather than changing the policy across the board with, with, with all the companies. Um, so it's, it's good to test things, especially if, if they're risky. So test it on a project, a client, and, and see if it works. Uh, but I, I think, uh, you know, people, if people are you know, out there and willing to try, um, I think they'll, they'll, they'll find a lot of uh, satisfaction that comes, uh, especially in this kind of next economy realm where people are, it, it's more important uh, for them to be having a right, right livelihood, supporting things that, that they really want to see uh, growing and evolving in the world. Uh, and then adopting this as a practice that's in alignment with that. Uh, there's a, a deeper satisfaction that comes out of that than just the, again, the kind of this transactional based of, hey, I did this amount of work and I got this much cash. Great. Uh, really, for us, the result of a, an engagement is a, a, a lifelong relationship with other uh, people bringing solutions to the, you know, the social, economic, and environmental crises of our times. Uh, you know, these are serious times. And for us, we're, we're, uh, we're passionate about spreading solutions as quickly as possible. Um, and so this, if this helps uh, remove barriers to making progress, then great. Well, yeah, so maybe um, as a sort of open source transparency piece, we could post the kind of uh, the Lyft invoice uh, like a like a blank lift invoice, so people can see how uh, the client would see it um, in case they want to adopt something for their own company. Um, sure. Yeah. Happy so we'll, to share. Always. Sure. So I'll post that, and then um, Charles Eisenstein sounds like a good. Does Does he have any uh, resources or videos or books that people should read? I believe the one um, I can remember is called Sacred Economics where he talks about some of these uh, philosophies and yeah, I don't know, you know, his website in particular, but he's, he's a, he's an author of, of a number of books and he also, you know, speaks and does workshops and whatnot. Um, so you can find, find his work out there for sure. Great. Well, thanks again, Sean. Um, it's awesome chatting and learning more about, uh, you know, what I used to look inwards towards Lyft and see what you guys are doing to now see what you guys are doing. So, um, Looking forward to our next chat in two weeks. Great. Well, thanks, Ryan. It's great to have you on board. Next Economy Now is a production of Lyft Economy. To listen to all of our episodes, go to lifteconomy.com slash podcast. That's L-I-F-T economy.com slash podcast. 
You can also sign up for our monthly newsletter at lifteconomy.com newsletter. Please also rate and review our podcast on iTunes, Spotify, Stitcher, or wherever you get your podcasts. Thanks for listening.